Hey, BBC, how you doing this morning? Oh, good to see the second service people. All right, you excited to be here? Did you get up this morning, look in the mirror and go, man, I'm looking awesome today? I'm going to meet some awesome people and we're going to have a great service. Maybe you've got something great planned for the rest of the day, I'm not too sure, but you're here. You're here and it's fantastic that you're here this morning. Maybe you've been you brought with a friend today, you're in great company. Uh, maybe you're new to faith, I'm not too sure. Um, like, it's really good that you're here, and like us all, we're all journeying together, aren't we? And we're all learning more. So uh, look, if you don't feel out of place, if you feel there's some questions, that's great. We're all questioning, we're all growing together. And we, when we, we're looking at this series that we've started, it's called Play to Win. All right, who likes to win? The people in here like to win. All right, some people, you play games, they just have to win. All right, is that you? You, you just got to win. Like it, it's, it's, you know, you're, uh, you'll do whatever it takes. Hide some stuff underneath them, you know, and pull it out at strategic moments. We know all these tricks, all right? We, we, we've raised the family. We know all about that stuff. But we've, we've got this new series. We're really excited about it. It's called Playing to Win. And often uh, we think about life as a game. You often hear people say, wow, you know, they're doing really well. You know, the, the, you know, you know, this, you know, I don't know what it is about them, but they, they seem to be just, you know, like they've won lottery or something. You know, they're doing really well. The business is going well. Um, sometimes you even go to funerals, don't you? And you hear, you know, it might be 70, 80, 60, 50. I don't know what, how, many time, how many years you get. But hey, didn't they have a great innings? We kind of speak in sports terms, you know, that kind of thing. Um, or they were a key player in the whole thing. And, and somehow life is kind of like this game where we can either win or we can kind of lose. That's how it kind of, kind, of, uh, kind of sounds. But at the end of the day, you know, what does winning look like? We don't spend a lot of time do we, thinking about what it is that winning looks like. What is this? If I was to, if I was to um, you know, get to the end of my days, what would, it be, what would that look like? What would it be for me? What is really, really important about winning? What is it important about um, how well we're doing? Um, and so we want to look today, whether you're young, whether you're old, whether you, uh, you know, haven't thought about it much today, we want to think about this and give, our time, uh, give us time to reflect about what is it that we would say was really, uh, how, how would we play the game and so that we could win? Well, um, I'm not too sure about you, but I'm, th this, this season, this rugby season, I've had my son-in-law and daughter move back home. Has anybody had that happen before? It's not a new thing. It, it happens from time to time. And they moved back in, and Zane um, is a rugby player. And so we had our first season at Tapuna. Who's, who, who goes and watches Tapuna rugby? It's just, I mean, isn't it? Yeah, good on you boys. Excellent. And, and so, you know, on the sidelines, cheering on Tapuna, and it's been fantastic. They didn't quite make the, the finals. They lost against Tipuki, which is a bit of a bittersweet sweet for me because I'm born in Tipuki. You know, I didn't know who to cheer for. But anyway, Tapuna have been a great team, and Zane won uh, sort of player of the year for the Tapuna team. And um, then last week we were over at my daughter's place, um, and Zane was finishing off the deck, and a phone call comes through, and it's from the Tongan coach. And he, he asked him whether he would be able to be on the plane tomorrow night at 9 o'clock to join the uh, European, there it is, the European tour and play for Tonga. He's the only guy on the team that doesn't speak Tongan. <laughs> he said he's having a few challenges because the coach and everybody speaks Tongan. And, but he's in Madrid, and they're playing uh, the Barbarian-French game. They're playing Wales, and they're playing um, 
Georgia, of course, up there, yeah. Thank you for spotting that. Fantastic, that's really good. They're playing Georgia. It's, so it's a little way, you know, from, the, from, the, from, the, from Wales, from Tapuna to Wales, but you know what I mean? It's been great to be part of that journey. But you know what? Um, rugby is kind of like a finite game, right? It's a, it's a game in which there are a certain amount of players, you have a ref, you have some rules, there's a boundary, you play within the, within the field, and at the end of the day, the, winner, the, the, the whole object of the game is to, is to win, all right? It's to win and to beat the opposition, you know, and, and, and to do well and to, and, and to win. And I thought about that and I thought, you know what, we're all kind of like players, as, as it were, in this finite game, aren't we? We're all, um, we all want to be the best, we want to be successful. We want to kind of, some of us want to stay young. That's a game we play. You know, it's a very finite game, isn't it? All right, some of you might know that. Some of you might have, have experienced that. Um, and, and so, we, you know, we want to do well financially. But you know what? At the end of the day, the, the problem with all of this is that, you know, as you get older, it's more difficult to stay young. You know, as you kind of, you know, more expenses come and stuff, you know, you, your money goes out. And, you know, we can be have lots of uh, resources, but compared to who? Compared to who do we compare ourselves to? How do you know um, when enough is enough? And at the end of the day, a lot of the stuff that we strive for, a lot of the stuff that we, that we chase after, it ends up not satisfying. Have you found that? You know, you buy a new car and you think, this is it, I'll never need another car again, all right? And then you walk past the car yard and think, ah, oh, it's not enough. You know, um, how many here are like fishermen? I mean, you, you just go into a fly fishing shop and, you know, you've got all a million flies as is, but you need that one, you know. <laughs> it's just never enough. And at the end of the day, you know, this is important because, you know, why live your life out and then discover, hey, listen, I've been playing the wrong game. I haven't actually lived in a way that actually matters when it, when it, when it, when it all comes down to it. And so today we want to just discover that, uh, what that might look like. And we also want to discover that there is, there is another game that we can play. It's called the infinite game. Now the infinite game is a little bit different than the finite game. The rules, there are kind of changed from time to time. The playing field is, 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 is wherever it is. Um, and the object of the game is not to win, but to stay in the game. And to finish strong and to keep going and keep going and keep going. And that's the whole um, object of the game. And, and, and so I want to show you a photo. Now this photo um, I found in an old photo album. I was in Raki Raki at the top of Viti Levu in Fiji. And we're staying there with some people and I opened up a photo album. And I looked and they couldn't believe it. That's my dad. And my dad was baptizing someone in the river. And I thought, wow, I've never seen this before. And it sort of was a photo that kind of captured me and it kind of like has kind of motivated me from time to time as I've looked at this photo because I know that this photo has something to say about the game that dad was playing. It has something to say about the way that he took a young family at the age, uh, he was only about 28, 29, took a young family, myself, uh, I was only about three months old at the time, and he gave up his work, he gave up his career, he gave up lots and lots of different things so that he could be in a position, all right, um, exactly what you see right up there. Now, you might say to me, hey, that's crazy. You know, why would you do that? 
Why would, you, why would you kind of put all of that stuff aside? Well, that's crazy unless you know that that's the game he's playing. You see, when you're playing a finite game and somebody's playing an infinite game, it's two different games that are going on. And so sometimes we can confuse the two. But you know what? When you play a, 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 an infinite game, you're playing something that is bigger than yourself. And so um, for, for, um, for my dad, the infinite game was about a vision of the future that didn't yet exist. He was, he was trying to, to be obedient to what he believed God was calling him to do. And he was committed and working towards making that a reality. Even if he had to go overseas, even if it meant taking his family, even if it meant putting stuff behind him, that's what he wanted to do. You see, we can't win. We can't win parenting. Some of us have tried. <laughs> you can't even win marriage, all right? Apparently, it's not all about us. And it's, you know, it's, 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 you learn and you grow through this. You can't win friendships or you, even, even your faith. These are bigger, infinite games that we kind of play. And, um, but you can have a vision of, for your family that motivates you, that strives, that moves you forward. You can have a vision for your marriage, the sort of marriage and family that you want to, want to, want to grow and the sort of things you want to be a part of. You can have a vision for faith where you are going. All right? And we're all in this, in this whole thing. And we, we, we're not competing against others in this infinite game. We grow and develop through the good times and through the bad times, through the sorrow and the joy. And we keep going and we keep the vision alive because that's what it means to win. That's what it means to play to win. And so for Dad, he had, this, he had this goal, this vision. Part of who he was was an evangelist, a pastor, a teacher. And he was motivated by the scripture, go therefore, into all, uh, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to observe all things that I've commanded you. And I will be with you till the end of the age. And so... For dad, it wasn't about winning or losing. It was about staying in the game. It was about um, keeping on going. And that we can learn in this infinite game uh, to be better fathers, to be better friends, to be better followers of Jesus. And we do anything to stay in that game. And so for dad, it was no no mistake or no uh, surprise to see him in the river. Baptizing. Because that was part of his bigger picture. That's part of the game that he was, he was involved with at the time. Um, and so the vision is to be part of God's um, bigger infinite game. All right? so, we, so the bigger picture again than that is that God has, a, has been working in our world and has, has, has a, a, a bigger plan. Now, if you're new to, new to, the, to the Bible, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to skip through it in about Four quick little steps, and then you can you can kind of understand the, the bigger uh, thread of the the story. And so we find we find here in um, in Genesis that we see right back there God speaks with Abram, and he, and he says to him, "Listen, I want you to go, leave what you, you're doing here, go and take your family and go to to another place. Right? I'm going to show you this place it's called the Promised Land. I want you to go there, and I want you to know that I am for you." Right? So the beginning of the story of the Bible is that God is for us. All right? And then we fast track a little bit and we see Moses. And we see that Moses is, try, is, is um, he's in the desert and God speaks to him through a burning bush. And as he's there, God says to him, hey, listen, I want you to go back and I want you to speak with Pharaoh and I want you to take my people out of captivity into this promised land. And of course, Moses goes, whoa, 
That's a big call. That's a big call. But then God says to him, I will be, I will be with you. All right. So we hear the, the first thing oh, God says is for us. God says that he's with us. And then he, um, we fast track into the New Testament. Are you okay here? We're fast tracking. All right. We're really taking some real big steps here. Right? There's some lots of stories. And so in the New Testament, we see that when Jesus was born, and in John, we, we, we told the story that the Word became flesh. In other words, Jesus was born into, okay, into this world as a little baby. Some translations say that um, God became human and moved into the neighborhood. I like that. All right? And so that God actually, he doesn't see he was just only for us or with us, but now he's identified with that he is one of us. All right? And then we move a little bit further, and his disciples are really excited about this ministry that they're a part of. And then he says, bad news, guys, I'm going, and you're it. <laughs> and they go, no, we can't be it. You know, he says, well, don't worry, I'm for you, All right, I'm with you, I am, what's the other one? I've become one with you, All right, I've showed you all this kind of stuff, and now when I go, I'm going to give you someone else, the Holy Spirit. He's going to be with you, but he's going to live within you. And I want you, okay, to go into the world and I want you to be a part of this whole process to tell people that God is for them, all right? He is with them, that you need to become one, okay? With, you can be part of this whole thing so that they can come to this wonderful understanding that God wants to live within us, all right? If you want to know what the Bible is all about, that's pretty much it in a big nutshell, and that's the bigger picture of what this whole thing is. And so the question um, we need to ask ourselves is this. Who do we need to be for? We need a big picture. We need a cause to live for. We need something. All right. Bryce has decided that backpackers is it. All right. And that Steiger and that winning young people and stuff like that. You know, um, For me, it's about getting into the community and, and trying to do some stuff in the community there. You know, there's big visions here with, with the ministries that are going on in the church here. Fantastic sort of stuff. Who do we need to be for? Who do we need to be with? Sometimes we need to kind of go and do some stuff with some other people. All right, God puts these people on our hearts. We need to go and be with them. Identify with them. Be one of them so that... Through this whole process, that DNA transfer can happen and that one day they might be able to come to know who Jesus is and they become a follower. Isn't that exciting? Isn't it wonderful that you can be a part of that? No matter what you do, no matter how you, what expression that looks like, you can be a part of this whole thing about playing in this big infinitive game that God has for us. And so playing in this game is understanding, all right, what is it that God is this discovering God's heart? And God will put some stuff on your heart. You'll know what it is. All right. I was just here the other day and we heard one of the, some of our um, Kerry and Alison, they're going over to Vanuatu, you know, because God puts that on their heart, on their hearts and says, listen, we're going to go. We're going to be part of that. All right. And then you need to kind of look, think, then they're thinking, hey, what kind of people do we need to become? If that's part of the vision, if, if, if um, you know, we're going to try and reach our community, then what sort of person do I need to become? Or if we're going to live in Vanuatu, then, then how, what's that going to look like? And then we intentionally structure our lives, and so we can see that vision um, fulfilled out there. So it's really, it's not about winning. It's not about kind of competing, because we're not doing that. We're actually competing against ourselves in some ways. All right? How do I become a better follower of Jesus? That's what it is at the end of the day. If we're going to be in this game, I love this quote. It says this, I might wonder what kind of mission God has for me. We've all wondered that, eh? We've all said, hey, you know, if only God would just show me what it is that he wants me to do. 
And he will. And he will. But the bigger question is this. What kind of me do I need to be for God's mission? That's what it means to stay in the infinite game. That's what it means to play and, and, and win. I love this uh, book. I read it uh, about five years ago when I was a little bit uh, going through a wholly discontent season of my life. <laughs> How many of I can identify, some call it a midlife crisis, I don't like that term. Um, but anyway, it was that time in my life I was wrestling with some stuff and someone put this book in my hand and I read it and the guts of the book is this, that it's not the first half of your life that really that's, that counts. The game is won or lost in the second half. We all know that from the All Blacks game last night. The second half, all right? It's the second half that's the most critical. And you use all the experience, you use all your knowledge, you use all the resources, all, the, all, the, all of that kind of wisdom and all that sort of stuff so that you can be a more effective player in the second half. A more effective player in the second half. And so um, staying in the game is, is recognizing, hey, listen, it's not over. The best is yet to come. The best is yet to come, and I can be part of something wonderful. You know, when you look in the, in, in the, in the, in the Bible, a lot of the stories, all right, guess how old people were when they got their best ideas? They're like 80, all right? So all of you, all of us are in that, in that thing together there, even you, John. <laughs> we're, 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 some of our best stuff is yet to come. And you know what? I, I would hate to think that you're sitting here thinking, my life is finished, I'm over. Right? We only drop out of the game when we run out of the will to continue and we lose our resources. And that's why church is important. You're here today because we want to keep you in the game. We want to keep you moving forward. We want you to get to the end of your life and go, I've, I've done it. I've achieved it. I've, I've, I've done, my, done my best. And so for us at Good Neighbor, we began, I began, me personally, I began with a few of my friends, Jason and Todd, and we began to look and say, hey, listen, what's God up to in our community and how can we join him? And so I began walking around our community and thinking about some stuff. We actually then booked some tickets and we went to India. We just wanted to open ourselves up to mission opportunities. We wanted to say, see what God was doing and just, God, here's my heart. You know, you just help me to see what's happening. And so we came back from those, that, that trip overseas, and that's where we got the name Good Neighbor, by the, by the way. We went right to Nepal, and there was a little NGO up there called Amal Chiselki, which is really bad Nepalese. Sorry for those who, who speak Nepalese. Um, and it meant Good Neighbor, and I wrote that down. I thought, if I ever start something, then we need to have, that'll be the name. And so we came back, and part of what we wanted to do, wanted to do was think about this question, how can we proclaim and embody all right? And body means to be an expression of, all right? not just words, all right? but actually be involved, hands-on. How could we be in, embody the gospel, the good news? All right? And it's just not getting someone across the line. It's actually helping people with all sorts of aspects of their life, which include that. And so that people can hear, oh, sorry, so that people can see, all right? they need to see it. We need to model it. People can hear, all right? So we need to say something about what and explain what that kind of means. And we need, they need to experience it, all right? God's love in tangible ways. After all, that's what he did when he came in the person of Jesus. See, hear, experience God's love in very tangible ways. And so we thought, what would that look like? How could we play this, this bigger, infinite game here in Tauranga? How could we be a part of that? And so... Anyway, I was, we were thinking about this whole thing, and I got a phone call from my wife, and she said, listen, we've just been burgled again for the second time in 10 days. So I'm trying to help my community out, and they're helping themselves out. 
And anyway, we thought, man, we're just going to move out of this community. You know, it's just like, why would you want to be here? So the, um, anyway, we, we caught up with the young people. We ended up to a family group conference. And at that family group conference, they were talking about all sorts of things. I just put my hand up and said, the judge says, yes. He says, I don't know what the answer is, but I need to mentor this young guy. He says, you can't mentor him. You're a victim. I said, I don't care. I've got to me- we've got- if, if that was one of our young people, if that was part of my family, all right, someone needs to take some responsibility and we need to kind of do what we can do. So I got 50 hours with him, right? <laughs> 50 hours, that was the sum total of it. And so he turns up the first day, it's a long story, in a shirt that he'd stolen from us. <laughs> and I thought to myself, that's a good start. Because I said, he's got the shirt on. I says, don't care, all right? He's here, it's all good. And I had to honour that young guy. I mean, you imagine coming back, being from a different kind of cultural background, coming back to a house you've robbed twice, and being a part of that whole thing. I've got to honour him for doing that. And he gave me a wonderful gift. The gift that he gave me was this, that he opened my eyes to the stuff that's happening in my community. And I thought, wow, God, that's wonderful. Thank you for sharing that. Right? It cost me a little bit of stuff. <laughs> but insurance, you can get some of the stuff back. You know what I mean? And um, I thought, this is, this, is, this is very cool because what he was really saying to me was this, that um, if, we're going to, if we're going to see our community strengthen, all right, then we've got to go to where things are breaking down. We've got to be for people. We've got to be with them. And we've got to, and we've got to be one with them and we've got to share and we've got to weave in our time, our money, our energy and our resources why? Because that's what it looks like to strengthen something, to, to, to make things better. All right? And so often we don't want to attempt that kind of stuff. We think, oh, man, that's great, but where would I start? I mean, I can't, you know, I mean, I'm not going to try it and this is going to succeed. I'm not going to do something unless I can solve world hunger. All right? I can tell you that's been around for ages, you know? But we can have a part in that whole process. We can do something. And just like... Um, just like Abram, you know, we can play the infinite game, but, it le- but you need to learn how to be a blessing. All right? It's very simple. All right? And I'm going to talk about five things that we can do. All right? We can be a blessing. B-L-E-S-S. All right? It's a blessed strategy. The first one is this. All right? First one is this. You need to begin. All right? Some of you have been sitting on, a, on, a, on an idea. Some of you have been thinking about what you could do. But you know what? Every game starts with a whistleblow. It's got to start. It's got, you've got to begin. You've got to do something. You've got to try something. You've got to get involved. You've got to get in the game somehow. And so we just began um, with, with Good Neighbor, and we thought, why don't we just book Bay Court and invite some people, and let's start. And so we did. So we booked Bay Court, and 300 people turned up. We thought, wow, we're onto something. And we just be, kind of began to do stuff that was in front of us. And in the last five years, just in the project here, we've done something like 15,000 hours in the community. But it just started with one little lawnmower job. Just started with taking seriously what I'm reading in the newspaper and saying, I can make a difference in there. I'm not, I'm not, not on my watch, that's going to happen. I can look across my, my, my street and see the lawn needs to be mowed and I can do the edges for someone. I can see someone in the queue and look, they've got one item. I'll pay for that. Done. There are opportunities all around us, people. And you will have an opportunity tomorrow, I can guarantee it. If you open your heart and say, God, I need an opportunity, I dare you, give it a go, see what happens. 
they'll be there all around you. Because you know what? God wants us to happen. He wants us to be that kind of people looking for these opportunities. Just begin. And so we just began to do some stuff. Then we began to do some gardening. In, and um, we've got two, uh, two lots of uh, community gardens. We've been in schools and done some stu- so lots of gardening, about nine schools. Um, we've got a, a garden down at our place. You apply to the council, apparently, and they give you money. All right? <laughs> they gave us $10,000 for a garden. So we stuck a garden in the city. People love it. The kids are coming and saying, wow, isn't it fantastic? We're learning about plants and we're trying to inspire people through some, the love of gardening and grow friendships and connect with people at the same time. Um, I was told Bob might be here this morning. Is he here this morning? There he is. Right at the back, down the back there. Now, Bob's a good mate of mine. I've got to know Bob over a, a um, cup of tea. And, and, of course, Bob loves to grow pumpkins. He loves growing stuff, right? And so he had a bit of, bit, of, bit of lawn, and so he grew some pumpkins. And the first year, he came down, and we gave them away through our food rescue to kindies and families and all that kind of stuff. And then he said, why don't I grow more pumpkins? I said, that's a great idea, Bob. So he brought some mates with him. We had a couple of sausage rolls and a cup of tea, and we talked about how many pumpkins we could grow. And then he said to me, Camel, growing pumpkins is hard work. I'm getting older. I'm in my 80s, and it's, you know, it's hard work. He said, but I've read the countdown flyer, and they're $2 each. And because I'm a businessman, I rang up and I got them for a dollar. And I've bought 200 of them. Can you go and pick them up? And so there we are, weighing them all in. And Bob, as he's going back to his car after we'd weighed them in, he said, Campbell, I said, guess. He said, I said, guess what? He said, what? He said, this gives me purpose. All right, so he wants to be part of something. He's, he's, gonna, he's not going to just fade away. He wants to do something with what he's, he's, he's been given. And, 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 and that's fantastic to be able to, to, be able to do that. And um, we, can, we can kind of begin in all sorts of ways, can't we? You don't have to just grow pumpkins. There's all sorts of things that you can do. And, and you put your mind to it and you'll think of something that you can do because one person can make a difference and everyone should. They should try. They should give it a go. So have the courage. Have the courage to do something. Right, fast forward through this kind of stuff. Um, you can talk to me afterwards about it. But we began a food rescue um, service, getting all the food that was just going to be thrown to landfills and going to pigs. And we're doing something like 8 to 10 tons of it per week. And we've got something like 55 charities that's going out to and a whole stack of businesses that are involved in that. And we've got about 130 volunteers every week to make that kind of thing happen. You just got to start. You just got to begin. We just began in a shed and, 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 and so on. And now we've got these three areas that are in our community and a vital part of our community. And I hear people all the time now going, Camel, we are so thankful for good neighbor. I just began. All right? You need to kind of start to begin in some way. And so now we have got a, um, like you say, those three areas, but now we've got our, our, our fourth area starting, which is the kitchen. We've raised $390,000. And we're putting a commercial kitchen in so that we can mentor folks, so that we can teach them how to cook, so that we can reuse some of the stuff that we're, we're getting in each week. We've got celebrity chefs, Peter Blakeway and his whole team. We had all the chefs in Tauranga come down to, the, uh, to our food rescue place, and he organized the whole thing because we've got a whole lot of stressed out chefs in our city. I don't know whether you know that. And uh, you just see the front end. And, 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 and we connecting in with these people. And these chefs are going, we want to help. We want to help. How can we do it? We want to be involved. And so the first thing is just to begin, right? B for begin. Second one is L for listen. All right? We need to listen. If you listen, and it's not, it's not listening with your ears, you've got to listen with your eyes. 
Right? You listen with your eyes. When you listen with your eyes and you see the lawn mower, the, the lawns along next door, what do you think you should do? Just hop over and mow them. It's not hard. Hey, when you see a new family coming in, you're listening with your eyes. You go, hey, they probably have a few needs over there. Maybe you should take them a little cake or a food parcel or something. Um, we need to listen. And um, I remember driving down the road once and I, I was just like, man, I'm looking forward to dinner. But I knew that my friend that had robbed my place wasn't. And so I stopped the car, came back to BBC here, got some food, took it around to his place. When I got there, he was arguing on the front lawn with his mum. There's no food in the house. You take time to listen, to act, have courage to do something about it. Listen, right. Next one is eat. Who loves to eat? That's what I like about this blessed strategy. Hey, it's wonderful. All right, you just take time to eat. Take time to be involved in people's lives. When you go to somebody's place and they go, come in for a cup of tea, and you go, oh, I'm too busy, like it's come some kind of badge of honor. I want you to stop that. Hey, I want you to stop that right now. I want you to take your boots off and go inside and have a cup of tea. Right? The work can wait. The boss will understand. All right? <laughs> Tell him I told you that. All right? But we want to, you know, at the end of our day, guess what? It's not the stuff that we do or the stuff that we build, and it's the time we spent with people and how we relate and relate to them and, and how much um, we show we love them and, and we wish we, at times we could do more. So listen, eat, all right? Serve. Find somewhere to serve. All right. If you, um, you know, if you, if, you know, if no, there's a quote that says, "If nobody picks you, volunteer." <laughs> right. Get involved. Do something. Don't, I don't care what it is. Um, serve is, is a great way to um, to do some stuff. And the last S is there. Share. How many people have got some cool stuff? All right. You ever got some cool stuff? Have you got some stuff that you'd like to share? Anyone got any stuff they'd like to share? No one. Come and see me afterwards, those of you who have, right? I mean, people have got, you know, they've got these flash utes. I mean, I can show you how to use those, eh? And you make you feel good about it. You know, come and drive for our firewood department or whatever it is, you know? You've got some great tools. Who's got some wonderful tools? You've been to Mitre 10 and you've got this stuff. Man, alive. come and share it with us, all right? Be a part of it. And um, I had this lady once and she said to me, Camel, I've got a lawnmower for you. I says, brilliant. She said, come and pick it up. So I did. Went and picked it up, and there it was. <laughs> she says, listen, I've had it. It's been in the family for a long time. It's, you know, it's a great mower. It's a great mower. You put another one in there, and you've got a two-stroke. You know, it's, it's, it's all good. He said, when they get a little bit tired, hey, you put them in the pot. You know, it just, it just goes around like that. It's brilliant. It fertilizes the lawn as you go. You couldn't get more green than that. That wasn't it. That's it there. And that mower has done countless hours. That mower has saved people from being homeless on their streets because they've got evicted out of their homes because they can't take care of their lawns. We don't think about stuff like that because we've got a lawnmower. And we're not kind of at that level. So, you know, there's stuff that we can share uh, and you can be a blessing. There's a lovely scripture that says this, a, a, a Proverbs 11, 11, A city becomes great when good people give it their blessing. All right, if we've got a church vision, we need to have a city vision. I can't do as a community organization do the stuff without the church because we need people to come to faith. We need them to be discipled. We need them to understand there's a bigger game, there's a bigger picture, and they need to play that game to win. And so that's why it's so exciting. And so the, um, for good neighbor, just skipping through, we want to put the neighbor back into neighborhoods again. 
You can be a part of that. We want to build relationships through practical love and action. All right, And so that's why we do firewood. That's why we give away stuff. That's why we involve a whole heap of other things, to give people a hand up, to get involved with their lives, to be with them, so that somehow they might understand that God can live within them. And so uh, the, the other last thing is we want to connect people who are struggling and bring some hope and joy. You can't go and buy hope and joy in a supermarket. It comes when we connect with people. It comes when, we, when we're with people. We will come one with them. And I want Kathy just to come briefly and just share a story about a lady she has been working with. Kathy's one of our volunteers. When we do a project, she comes and sort of uh, looks after the people after that. So, Kathy, sh- share with us your story. <clears throat> and so um, I arrived on Tuesday to uh, where Todd and Cam were. Um, to a lady's house who was being uh, moved out of a situation. She's frightened and vulnerable. She, she'd been in a situation where all her life decisions had been made for her and she had no choices. She, for the past five years, she hasn't been allowed to walk out of her house without permission and that sort of thing. So... Um, when I arrived, she opened up immediately, which was, you know, there were such needs there because here's a lady who's got nobody now. She's been shunned from her community. And, uh, you know, I said to Todd and Cam, oh, my gosh, what would she have done? What, what would she be doing now without the support? So we're getting alongside her and we're loving on her. We are bringing her food, furniture, and just support, and we will be with her for as long as it takes, um, helping her with a new life. I, you know, it's a privilege to be able to stand alongside people who are vulnerable and broken and and just walk with them when they, their future's uncertain and they don't know, they have nowhere to turn, and it's just a wonderful opportunity we never know, you know, the words we say to someone, uh, one word of encouragement, what it might do in their life, or one seed that's sown, or where we are, a link in a chain. But, you know, I, I'm honoured and I am to be involved with Good Neighbour because they're real people and they're doing the real stuff and they're working the coalface and I'm... I'm grateful to be involved with you guys. So I'll just tell you about this, finish up with this, the little girl. Um, anyone's little who's younger than me. So <laughs> she's not, a, you know, she's a woman. And uh, <laughs> she, you know, we have daily contact with her. Um, she sent a text to me just after only knowing me for a few hours. And the text said, Thank you so much. It was so nice to meet you and all the people from Good Neighbour who have helped me in my tough time. I'm very thankful and I am not alone after meeting you. So, yeah. Give Kathy a big hand. Well done. Thank you, Kathy. These are the opportunities that are right there. This is what I'm saying. And we go in and just move furniture, but it's more than moving furniture. We're now walking with a real person who's got real needs. And Kathy and, and others are walking with her and just being that kind of uh, 
support that she needs and just being that light and love that she kind of needs. And so today when we're thinking about the game that we're playing, are you playing in the infinite game? At the end of the day, you know, maybe today we can, we can ask the question, you know, do you want to begin that journey in that infinite game? Maybe you need to maybe take that first step today and say, hey, listen, I've been coming to church, I've been looking at different people and I've been asking questions and I don't understand it all, but I want to begin today. I want to step in something bigger than myself. I want to be part of this. If that's you and you want to be part of that, then come and talk to someone. We want to um, let you know how you can become part of that whole thing. Um, we, want to, um, we, want to, we want to ask you today to think about what it is, who it is that you might need to become. You think to yourself, man, I'm, 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 I'm scared, I'm courageous, I don't have these great ideas. Listen, if you ask, God will show you and help you and develop you. And the Holy Spirit will come and, 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 and sort of enable you to do that. And you can become uh, someone who, who's in the game and, 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 and realizing that we don't play alone. A good neighbor could not have done any of this. I could not have done any of this without some of my friends. Some of the people in this church have supported me. The, 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 uh, all, of the, all of the businesses and everybody, we're, we're all in this together. And that's what I love about coming to church. And that's why I'm part of this. And that's why I commit my, my time, my family, all to this thing. Because at church, you can be equipped. You can be supported. You can be encouraged. You can contribute. This is all part of this big, infinite game that we're a part of. It's not really a game in the sense, but it's part of this whole vision and cause and, and reality that we all participate in. And we're, you know, as a church gathers together, we're better together. We really are. And so we can put on Night Before Christmas. We can do Good Neighbor. We can do Steiger. We can do Icons. We can do all of this stuff. Why? Because it's part of the bigger picture. Bigger picture. And so today we're thinking about what it is that I might need to become. Do I need to become more generous, more intentional, more courageous, more connected, whatever it is? Maybe you need to think about that today. You know, are you in the infinite game? Are you in the infinite game? And as I look at that picture up there, you know, I, I begin to think, hey, you know, God, I need to be open to what you're doing in my life. Give me courage. Help me to be someone who will follow you, to be intentionally, uh, um, put, to be intentional about the, how I order the rhythms of my, of my life. Um, there's a scripture that Paul in 2 Timothy, when Paul describes the end of his life, and here is someone who said, listen, this is what it means. This is what it means to win. This is, this is the whole thing. He said, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the course. I've kept the faith. You see, it's not about beating anybody. It's not about winning over the opposition. Hey, listen, I've saved more than you. It's none of that. I've kept the faith. I had a vision for what God's called me to do. And I gave every ounce to it. You know, there are times when I sacrificed. I knew it was going to be costly. I gave every ounce to it, and that's the whole thing. You see, sometimes this whole uh, the uh, the infinite game it calls us to. It, there's a cost involved. There's a sacrifice involved, but it is so worth it. It is so worth it. I wonder if we put a photo, or were to put a photo up on the wall, a picture up on the wall that that captured something about what it meant to you to play to win. What would that photo look like? Who would be in that photo? What would you be doing? How, it would, how would it reflect how you were playing this game? Because guess what? We're playing to win in the infinite game. We're staying in the game and it's finishing strong. And lots of people have dropped out because they've just lost the, res the, 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 the will to carry on or the resources or whatever. But hey, I want to encourage you today. 
keep going. Keep keeping on. Keep coming. Keep being encouraged. Keep giving. Keep contributing. Keep asking. Keep looking. Opening your heart out. Because playing to win is staying in the game. It's finishing strong. And that you can look back on your life and go, man, I, like Paul, it's, I've fought the good fight. I've finished the course. I've kept the faith. So that people will know that God is for them. He's with them. You can identify with them in some way that God can have this wonderful DNA exchange that he can come and live in us and so that we can continue this, this wonderful uh, good news that we've been asked to, to share and that others, that our friends, that our neighbours, that our family can be a part of this whole thing. Do you want to be a part of that? I wonder what it is you might want to do today. I wonder how it is that you might want to take a step today. Let me just pray for us as we, as we reflect on this right now. Father, I just want to thank you for this time we've had this morning. Thank you for the stories that have been told. Thank you for the bigger picture that we can be involved in. Thank you for people of faith who have given us their story. Thank you about for people like Kathy who are involved in people's lives. Lord, I pray that you would open our hearts, that tomorrow we would have opportunities, that there would be places, there would be times that you would feel our, that we'll we, we feel the, the fear and still, Lord, press in because we know that, Lord, we're part of this, that you are with us. And that, Lord, there is a joy in coming of others coming to know you. And so, Lord, we pray for this church that it would be known as a church that embodies your good news, that people hear, feel, and experience something of God's love, that you equip us to be out in the community to do your work. So, Father, as we sing this song, Lord, I pray that you'd speak to us. In Jesus' name, amen.